Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Thursday, June 18th. I'm Matt Barrios, in for Dave Lomas. Over this week, we are focused on meta-themes in the book of Exodus, and today we'll consider two epic moments in the book of Exodus. First, chapter 32, where Moses descends from the mountain to find a golden calf in the midst of the people. And the second verses, which will be a surprise for you if you, you keep listening, will cover the redemptive aftermath of the golden calf debacle. To put you in the context of the story, the Israelites were a people enslaved for generations and were just set free. And the first stop in their freedom is a long, long journey through the wilderness. The people complained to Moses, saying it would have been better just to stay enslaved in Egypt. Tons of grumbling, and I'm pretty sure I would have led the chorus of complainers. That's a bit of a confession. And it turns out freedom is supremely difficult. And so the people want a little something to help them feel better about themselves and the world that they're in. Moses, their leader, is up in the mountains receiving the law, which are detailed instructions for how to live in a righteous and holy community. And Moses is receiving these from God himself. But the people are tired and restless, so they gather up the gold and forge an idol in the form of a golden calf. They didn't want an invisible God, but they wanted an idol to worship. Moses comes down from the mountain utterly furious, disturbed, livid, that God's people would so quickly turn on the Lord, who had just delivered them from slavery through powerful miracles, including even parting the Red Sea chapters before in the Exodus narrative. Were the people's memories so short? Was their tolerance for accepting God in his own shapeless or on his own shapeless or invisible terms too much for them? That they needed to build an idol and construct a God of their liking? Was that what was going on? The wrath of God comes down on the people. The golden calf is destroyed. God and Moses both enforce the commandments that will that there will be no other God before the Lord who took them out of slavery in Egypt. And as I said, the narrative is epic. You know, it is it was then and it is now. If we think we're not like the Israelites in the desert constructing a golden calf to worship. We're really fooling ourselves. We just do it in very 2020 sorts of ways. Think about it. What tend to be the things you're tempted to worship above God? Is it money? Is it work? Is it your social media platform? Is it your family or your children? Is it your ideal self with a chiseled six-pack? Or is it literally images or statues that you pray to? I mean, this, this still happens today. I, I don't want to pretend it doesn't. If you'll hear my confession for a moment, I'll just say that I am very, very tempted to give excessive attention and put my hope in my stock portfolio right now. I watch my investments like a hawk. 
I scour the news for some sort of competitive edge, you know, thinking I can somehow predict the market's future. And I can definitely invest not only my money, but my hope on the stock market. God help me because I'm certainly tempted to give it or my professional success or the family that I want to have to make those things come first before God. And I mean, I'm a full-time minister. Um, (laughs) Idolatry is a problem afflicting me and it's afflicting all of us. So what is it for you? There's a companion narrative to this story of the golden calf, and it seems to invert it. And it gives also, still in the book of Exodus, a glimpse of redemption. It's the example of the chief artists and teachers in Exodus 35, Bezalel and Oholiab. I don't know if I can say their names right, but that was my best shot. The scripture reads, in chapter 35. See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts, And he has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with the skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. Bezalel and Oholiab are artists and teachers capable of showing others how to do these crafts. And not only, again, do they make these crafts that are needed to build the tabernacle, they teach others to do it as well. The Holy Spirit then falls on them, inspires them, gives them the beautiful privilege of building or instructing others in how to build the tabernacle the very resting place of God's Spirit. When previously others had given their creativity over to crafting a golden calf, an idol to detract from worshiping the true Lord, these two and their students spend their creativity in following a divinely given blueprint to build the house of God, a place of worship. So what if those skills that we all have in some way or another to create, build, and make, what if those same skills that can build idols are also what God wants to use to build his kingdom on earth? Think about it. Maybe everything that might go into building our most idolatrous efforts might just need to be redirected towards God's, uh, toward God's kingdom and his plan. Maybe I get to invest for the kingdom. This is honestly a very like raw processing right now, so I'm not entirely sure what that means yet. Uh, this is sort of happening in real time. 
if you have any ideas, email me. Uh, but all of us, those things that we might be tempted, those skills, those abilities, the ability to craft and make and build, those things that we might direct toward idolatrous or selfish aims, we can instead direct towards the kingdom of God. So let me close on this. If there's a fork in the road, I want to I want you to see here. It's this. Do not spend yourself on building idols. Instead, put yourself, your energy, your gifts and abilities, your creative your creativity into building God's kingdom in this world. You'll find yourself inspired by his spirit and your daily motions might start to feel more like worshiping. <laughs>